you can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning, download the app, give it a try. Cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while hosts Heather Winnig and her co-hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Hello and welcome to Cause and Effect. This is Heather Winnig, and I'm here with Tiffany Pearsall today. Tiffany, say hi. That's me. Hello. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about a quote from Lisa Murphy, and the book is called... Play, the Foundation <laughs> of Children's Learning, <laughs> also you. known as Lisa Murphy on Play. On the Play. Of yeah. Children's Learning. So the quote's really simple. It's, um, I refer to the early days of my teaching as before I knew better. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Stuff we did before we knew better all the shame <laughs> all the shame the shame all the I pinterest know. you know oh, we there we was haven't... no pinterest before i knew better oh, pinterest was like i somehow scored a beta account to pinterest uh-huh. Uh-huh. the first year i started teaching uh-huh give myself a little carbon date uh and oh man all of the pinterest I'm very late to Pinterest. I actually didn't start getting on Pinterest until Jeff and Lisa started doing shit we saw on Pinterest web <laughs> episodes of their podcast. That's when I got on Pinterest. <laughs> That's when oh. they piqued my interest. I'm uh, really tempted to just delete everything and start fresh. Yeah, it, it's, it it's references... sort of the bane of my existence sometimes when mm-hmm. I'm talking to teachers. Mm-hmm. But I have no Pinterest shame because it wasn't invented yet. Yeah, you don't I have that internet footprint to follow you right. forever. Right, I don't. Yeah, not yet. I'm what? creating it now. Everybody's got to have one somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Where, anyway, this, this quote. This quote. Um, well, I'll start because I have a story that haunts me. Okay, bring it um, on. Okay, so this, I was a teacher of two-year-olds at a child care center. This was in Nebraska when I first got started. Um, And I had a little guy in my classroom, and he was the first um, child who bit a lot that I had to to work with. What do you call that in your parts? What do I call that in my parts? Yeah. Doesn't it have a phrase like when somebody bites all the time? It's a... Biting epidemic? Yeah. Okay. Is that what you were looking for? That was. I was fishing. (laughs) nerd (laughs) um yeah so it was my first real biting epidemic as a classroom teacher so I was doing a lot of reading and observing and trying things out and felt like I really had a lot of answers myself because of that and um had the the little boy's parents came in for just a regular parent teacher conference because we did those twice a year And we sat down, and I was all prepared. I had all my stuff in front of me, all my notes about the biting and the script I was going to go through with his parents and um, introduced the topic, the subject of the biting. And mom immediately started to cry and tell me me that she 
she was sure she knew why it was happening because they had had, I think, I think they'd had a miscarriage that they were, mm. that they were having a hard time dealing with. And I completely cut her off and said, no, I'm sure it's just because of things in the classroom and went on my own little, here's what we're going to do about it. Spiel and totally cut off this poor hurting mom who was trying to give me some feedback that would help me yeah. understand what was going on. And I still feel guilt and shame about that. Like, I feel every time I tell that story, I feel like I need to find him on Facebook, the whole family, and apologize <laughs> for what happened 23 years ago or however long ago it was. Um, oh, it was before you knew better. It was before I knew better. It was when I thought that I was the keeper of the knowledge yeah. and this mom was coming in to learn from me. You know, parent education was another thing that I'd been thinking about. So I was going to teach her all about biting and I didn't allow her to teach me anything about Travis. And I think that was not the way to go about it. <laughs> How, what was the period between when that happened and when you realized that you could have done it differently? Um, How long I'm, did that take? Yeah, probably a while. Yeah. It, it took me a long time to get out of expert phase. Honestly, it took me a long time to get out of I'm the one who knows it all. Um, ask anyone who worked with me. <laughs> uh oh. Were you Mr. Davis for a while? <laughs> I was Mr. Davis. <laughs> I wasn't aware of it. Oh, that's who I really am for little women. Oh, no. All my, all my dreams no, of no, the no. show are shattered. <laughs> I'm Mr. Davis. Oh, but you yeah. know better now. I know better now. Yeah. So. And and because and so I try to use that now to help other people, when, especially if they're getting ready to have a conversation with a family about a behavior that they think is going to go, you know, they're they're worried about how the conversation is going to go. Mm -hmm. um, um, but also, anytime we're having a conversation about, you know, we as the early childhood people know a lot about children in general. Mm -hmm. That mom knows a lot about that child, and I'm going to learn more from her then she's going to learn from me. I mean, I should be learning more from her than she's learning from me. Yeah. Uh, if we're really, if we're really having, you know, real conversation, real partnership, real community. Absolutely. So, so that's my first story. <laughs> of things I did, I did uh, before I knew better. Oh goodness. So yours probably isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was very much the teachering teacher. Wow. We're gonna do the letter A today, and we're gonna do airplanes and apples, and you can't learn about something that's not an A because today <laughs> is A day. Don't even talk to me about a banana. <laughs> nope. I realize there are three A's in banana, <laughs> but not A's. Four that A's. Count. B A. No. How many A's? Three uh -oh. A's? <laughs> no. I was just doing the go bananas cheer in my head. You know I realize one? there are lots of A's in There's banana. A's. More than airplane, but <laughs> it's gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, I did a lot of that too. Ooh. And I've most of my classroom teaching is toddlers, one and two year olds. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, but very early on I was very smitten with uh the idea of writing a lesson plan yeah, and having Ooh, that lesson, lesson plan notebook. Oh, I love lesson plans. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of my love of lesson plans, I but I've, I've learned well, how to write them for myself. Yeah. Like 
Tiffany, as the teacher, this is what you're going to do. Instead of like, children need to learn these things. Now I'm like, okay, well, uh, I really want to look at how play learning is affected by time. So like if I give them, okay, so here's my plan. Here's my lesson plan for what I'm going to do. That Uh helps me with that. But yeah, mm, I love a good lesson plan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I don't think that lesson plan is the problem. I think it was the direction I was taking it, which was, again, I'm the one in charge of everything that's happening in the room. And so I've got to have a plan. And also, I just love writing in this book. (laughs) And I love using these different things. Yeah, it helps you feel prepared. Yeah, and like a teacher. You know, it helps me feel teachery to do that. It helps you feel teachery. I did a lot of um, coloring of like alphabet letters with Mm. cartoon characters Mm -hmm. and covering them with contact paper to hang on the wall. Um, And again, there's nothing necessarily bad or wrong, but that wasn't what those one and two year olds needed from me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. So I guess sometimes the before you know better might not even be a bad thing. It's just we can always get a little better. We can always learn more. Yeah. Um, I I think about a lot of teacher-led things that I did that I have fond memories of because I Uh had fun doing them. Uh Like we built a log cabin because it was wintertime, and I thought that'd be fun. Like the kids did not care. (laughs) They they enjoyed painting it. They enjoyed hiding inside the box. Uh All the work that I spent turning it into a log cabin with just hundreds and hundreds of toilet paper tubes cut in half. Oh my god! Like what? What was the point of that? And it looked cool, and the yeah. kids were like, "Oh, this is cool," but a stupid regular box would have been fine. Right? They could have uh. done everything they were doing with it. Yeah. Had the same value. And then I could have spent my time like paying attention to the kids instead of yeah. hot gluing all these things onto it. You know. Yeah. Right. Just a differentiation of time. Yeah. So I um that that just reminds me of another thing that I liked that I've thought a lot about. Um, and I think it all comes from an article I read maybe 20 years ago, like a long time ago, that did sort of a study and learned that even teachers who get lots of training in developmentally appropriate practice and have you know met their qualifications for their position, whatever, what they bring to the classroom is their own memories of being in school, yes. which is which is usually elementary and older. Yes. So we we even though we've got all this good training. We fall into the habit of teaching by our memory and our own nostalgia. Yes. And it sounds kind of like that's what was guiding your your log cabin. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. Five hundred percent. Yeah, I think that is the case with a lot of holiday stuff that happens. Yeah. In classrooms. We uh, want to make this holiday special. Right. It's their first and only Christmas in preschool. Like. Right. Yeah. No, no one's gonna remember this. Yeah. Yeah, it's more, most holiday stuff, I think, is more for the adults than, than anything with the children. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, would you have other examples of things you did before you knew better? Uh, oh, so many examples. I was a timeout girl for a long time. Oh, yeah. Mainly because I didn't know how to deal with the behavior. Right. And it felt bad every time I gave a timeout. But it was just like, I don't know how to, I don't have the social skills to process uh-huh. this. Oh, <laughs> so sure, So I'm just yeah. going to put you over here and feel like I dealt with the issue at hand yeah Um, I think that's a big piece of timeout is we feel like we should be doing something we can't do nothing mm -hmm. we can't just let them get away with it yeah and we we know that that something shouldn't be hitting them (laughs) yeah so let's put them in this kinder gentler punishment 
and put them in timeout. I definitely used a lot of timeout many years ago. Yeah. Uh, there was one little guy in one of my two-year-old classes who, um, as a aside, dad spoke English, mom spoke Turkish. So he thought for a while all women spoke Turkish and all men spoke English, and he would only speak Turkish to us. Um, That's horrible. But it really was. And he, you know, chubby cheeks, big brown eyes, curly hair. Um, For some reason, I remember him being put in a timeout and, like, yelling at me in Turkish with finger pointing. I was sure I was being cursed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he was wishing terrible things on, you know, me and all my family. Yeah. I'd stuck him in that corner. And then you get the kids who just go before you even say anything. You know, you just look at them and they're like, I know, I know. And they're off to the timeout area. Yeah. Because you've just gotten into that. So how did you get away from it? Because I feel like that's something that lots of people have questions about. Uh, I got away from it by reading a lot of books and listening Uh to a lot of podcasts and having that moment of a little bit of shame where uh you hear somebody else talk about like well timeouts don't do anything they're so punitive and they don't actually teach anyone social skills and having that like moment of shame of like oh my gosh that's me right now yeah i'm not teaching them any social skills i'm teaching them that i have to regulate all of their emotions and Mm -hmm. that when they have an emotion they need to go sit by themselves like that's not yeah. healthy yeah so have you have you ever been part of a program or seen a program that uses a feelings corner no it's just like a euphemism for timeout <laughs> <laughs> like the, oh, no. the, the intent is it's a nice soft quiet place to go when you feel like you're overwhelmed and you need to calm yourself down but what it turns into is go sit in the feelings corner yeah. until i'm not mad at you anymore <laughs> and then you yeah. out again maybe yeah. that's just an indiana thing <laughs> Uh, uh, it's called the peace table where I'm from. Oh, a peace table. <laughs> yeah. Which are good ideas. I mean, if yeah. you really get down to the idea, but it's it boils down to how to, are the adults using it. and Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's the child's perception? Because it doesn't matter what you call it. If they feel like they're not being heard and just being sent off in shame, it doesn't yeah. matter what you call it. It doesn't matter, yeah. That's a big one. That's that's one, anything with behavior, I feel like, is definitely in my before I knew better. yeah. Because oh I've definitely goodness, yeah. tried, you know, I've t- done timeouts. I've done the, uh, I had one little girl pee on my lap because it was circle time and she wanted to leave and I wouldn't let her. So I held her oh, on my no. lap because circle time for that two year old was so important. So sacred. So yeah. she, she peed on me. <laughs> That's a good natural consequence for you. Right? Yes. I, I learned a lot about natural consequences <laughs> in that instance. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, so, that's really an emotional topic, too, because when we get into discipline, if that's the word we want to use, which I don't usually, I usually talk about guidance or social yeah. emotional skill building. Yeah. Um, but if we want to talk about discipline, then that calls to mind not just our classroom, but how were we raised? What are we doing with our own children? Mm-hmm. And it gets to fe- feeling very judgmental. For some people, or they feel they get defensive because they because they are engaging in those kinds of things that we're saying they shouldn't be. Um, yeah, but that's why this quote is so great. Yeah. It's before you know better. Yeah, and I think we use a lot, and I think it's Maya Angelou who just said, when we know, we do the best we can, and when we know better, then we do better. 
yeah. which is pretty much the same the same thing here. Um, we talk about that a lot. You know, so part of my the main part of my job is training adults who work with young children, mm-hmm. and that's like our mantra: is we're not talking about being beating yourself up for the way you've done things. If you feel like there's a shift you want to make, just work on making that shift, and and yeah. don't beat yourself up for where you were before that, because we've all We've all done those kinds of things. We've all evolved as teachers. Um, just and you, degree- you should because that's the sign of a good teacher. Yeah. You do the same yeah. thing that you did on day one. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess when I say we all, I'm sure there are some folks who haven't changed a bit <laughs> since day one. Um, but I think that's really a super minority Yeah. in, in my experience. Most yeah. of us are trying to do the best we can. Absolutely. And, and when we get that, we do a little better. Yeah. Um, so you asked, um, is this transition necessary for all new teachers? Yes. What was your thinking with that question? I'm um, curious. My thinking is, I know you're also a fangirl, Lillian Katz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Lillian Let's just stop and think about Lillian Katz <laughs> for, a moment. for a moment. Pause for a moment. She is a researcher, uh-huh. I want to say, um, uh-huh. who looked for a while. I don't know what she's working on at the moment, um, but I'm in love with her work on studying the continuum of teacher development. Yeah. And this idea that just like children have a continuum that they develop, you know, you got to <laughs> learn to crawl before you <laughs> learn to walk. Um, right. Just like that, teachers have a similar process of development. Uh-huh. And I wonder if that before you knew better stage is part of that development. Uh-huh. I, I think so. First of all, how weird is it that we were surprised to read that there are teacher developmental stages? <laughs> like how weird right. is it that, that was something that was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> also the idea that like totally a thing. adults still have stages of development. Yeah. And yeah. like sometimes they're more circular. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't just stop. You like turn eighteen and you're done developing. That's crazy. Right. right. And but, duh. <laughs> yeah, duh. So why why was I so not to take anything away from Lily and Cass? She's obviously brilliant, and we're loving yeah. that she brought it to us. But but that was one of my thoughts. Was wait, why why is this surprising? Why? Of course, we're all still developing. Yeah. I think just and the it, way she sort of defined it was was great for me. Yeah. The stages. For those yeah. of you that aren't fangirling about Lillian Katz right now, um, stage one is survival, stage two is consolidation, stage three is renewal, stage four is maturity. Mm. So do you have to get to a certain point in your development before you are able to reflect on your practices and say, look, this isn't working. I need to find a different way to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, I think that's what the consolidation phase is all about, is starting yeah. to think in those ways. Yeah. Because survival sort of indicates that that's all you can think about. Yeah. It right now. It's sort of like like Maslow. Yeah. If this stuff's not being met, then we can't even get to this stuff. Exactly. So so I think that, yeah, probably we need to at least move ourselves out of survival and get into that consolidation phase where we yeah. start reflecting about what we're doing and is it working and why isn't it working and um, maybe some of the stuff that's frustrating during that survival period, then you start to think about maybe there's another option. Maybe it doesn't have to be like this all the time. Yeah. Um, I uh, Can I get philosophical on you for a moment? 
please. Is it possible to have a teacher go through an amazing teacher training program, have amazing mentors, and start out the survival period doing what we know as best practice? Like never be in the survival period? They just go in and everything's working? Well, no, their survival period is like, I know that timeouts are not as effective as teaching these social skills, so I'm going to teach these social skills. Like, their baseline of knowledge uh-huh. is what we know as best practice. Is that possible? Or does someone's history, just like you said, their nostalgia for school, get in the way of that? Mm-hmm. What if someone's school experience was the ideal best practice or school mm-hmm. experience? Yeah. So they still have, I guess I don't know if I would still call that a survival stage. I mean, that would still be a stage one of some sort because they're going to grow from it. They're probably yeah. going to reflect and do some changing and do some tweaking, even if, if and to, to use the timeout analogy mm-hmm. again, even if they go into it never using timeout, there's going to be stuff they learn about what works and what does, doesn't and how to individualize social and emotional skill teaching and building mm-hmm. Um for that child. So they still move on to then a next stage, but I still feel like they sort of start with that consolidation skill. Yeah. If they're already thinking in terms of, yeah. Of best practice. Yeah. I guess it, mm, that's a, that's a good question. Mm. So what, what do you think? I don't know. I, I can't wait to see products of, modern preschool become teachers oh yeah like somebody who went through a play-based school mm-hmm. and then went to the sweet Sudbury school uh-huh. down the street and now they're a teacher like what is that gonna look yeah like? well isn't that kind of heather shoemaker oh have you i mean you read yeah. the yeah it's okay not to share and it's okay to go up the slide i think she yeah. went to a very progressive school that taught her what to look for then in the, her future experience yeah. And that's what led her to write the books was that, Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm speaking Ooh. for her, but that's what I thought her, her path was. So maybe she's a good example of that. Yeah. That really appropriate play-based child-centered yeah. experience. And is that how growth affecting. happens? Like yeah. in the field, somebody like Heather Shoemaker comes along and her survival stage is what somebody like me works <laughs> to like for my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> That's our survival stage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. I but I, I'm not gonna sit around waiting. <laughs> I'm gonna see what I can do. To, yeah. To move us in that direction. Yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. All I remember about my own preschool kind of stuff is, you know, eating snacks and sitting by Bob Johnson in the circle. Mm. <laughs> that was my main goal. I remember a lot of preschool. Bob. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of school, and I kind of think that's why I ended up in education, is that uh, I remember yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, I remember uh, when my dad was Santa Claus, and I wasn't allowed to tell anyone that it wasn't Santa Claus, <laughs> it was my dad. I remember going down the slide when it was wet uh-huh. and having to change pants for the first time at school. Oh. And our teacher had said, like, slide's really wet today, probably shouldn't go down it. And I was like, eh, it's fine. And then I went down and I was like, I understand what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, there's probably an analogy in there to the stages of teacher development. Yeah. Going down the slide when your pants are wet, yeah. even after you've had that instruction. Or not when your pants are wet, when the slide's wet. Based. Oh, man. You're blowing yeah. my mind right now. Yeah. So the survival stage is that experience-based. You have to try it oh, and yeah. see how it goes. Right. So we don't need to be ashamed about what we did before we knew better because it was necessary to yeah. do better. Yeah. To that and yep. get to the doing better. Just like you got to get wet pants before you learn about wet slides. <laughs> you got to wet your pants <laughs> before you move into the next stage. Yes. Whatever the teacher equivalent of wetting your pants is. Um, it's probably just wetting your pants. <laughs> I worry about that sometimes. Like, I can't leave. Right. Am I just going to pee right here? That was Do a huge need... part of my job as a center director was just getting people, getting grown-ups to the bathroom yeah. on time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they never thanked me, man. It's a thankless job being a director. You're covering the potty breaks. No one appreciates it. Oh, man. They uh, probably, they were I, very. Can I yes. tell you about my preschool teacher some more? Please do, yes. Sorry. Mrs. Parazoo. Mm. I love her. We're friends on Facebook now. Excellent. Um, I posted some article recently, and she posted back, have you ever heard of Beth Bob? <laughs> and I just, my heart <laughs> melted. <laughs> I was, uh, that that moment of like, my preschool teacher looked up to Bev Boss. Oh. Oh. So you're maybe another example of having that good preschool experience. and Maybe. Bringing maybe. it into. It was a parent-child co-op because uh -huh. I cried hysterically. <laughs> For so long that my parents were like, we've got to find a school where we can just, like, be there so she doesn't cry the whole time. <laughs> Poor Tiffany. <laughs> I still do it every day. <laughs> no, not true. Uh, well, that sounds awesome. And what, what are your earliest school memories? My earliest school memories? Well, making sure I got next to Bob in circle time mm. at preschool. He was your That's BFF? Really he was my BFF, apparently. Um, and then um, in first grade, I peed my pants in my desk, and I was trying to just ride it out and be cool. <laughs> just keep sitting there. You're, and no my one friend know. Yvette, who may listen to this, because we still talk about this, raised her hand and said, Miss Hollins, there's a paddle under Heather's chair. Oh. <laughs> and I was busted. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and then, really, I, I mean, I really don't have a lot of concrete memories about that. I remember a third grade teacher laughing at a thing I had colored, a piece I had colored. Oh. Because I colored up and down instead of back and forth to make the sky. And you, everybody knows you don't do that, apparently, is what I was told. <laughs> well, and I remember a heaven forbid you express thought, yourself. Yeah. A uh, sixth grade teacher who thought everything I did was wonderful art and magic. And oh. That's when I thought I should be a teacher, when I experienced that difference. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't really have a lot of school memories that I feel like interfere with. I played school a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, had that little wooden desk that you lift up the top. I had one of those at home. And um, at the end of the year, sometimes they'd give away textbooks, and I'd take those home. Nerd alert. Yeah. And I would, like, <laughs> make myself assignments to play school with over summer vacation. Yeah. Yeah, this nerd thing isn't new. <laughs> <laughs> this I, obsession with books is not a oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I used to get activity books from the Learning Palace. 
Whenever we went to the mall, we had to stop in at the Learning Palace, and I would get activity books, and I would do them wrong, <laughs> and then I would get a red pen and go through and grade them all. Did them wrong on purpose? Yes, so did them wrong on purpose, I could grade them. <laughs> different alter egos were, you know, fell at different points of this, the bell curve. Sometimes sure. they do it right, 100%, couple sure. of stars. I, I think you win the nerd thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you take that I didn't take any textbooks home. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Oh, goodness. Okay. Oh, here's a memory yep. from preschool. Yeah. I remember when the kitchen moved. I used to play in the play kitchen the play a lot kitchen. with my first friend, Lydia. Uh -huh. And I remember coming in one day and it was in a different spot. Uh -huh. And the lighting on the kitchen was different. And it was just in a different. And at first I was like, I don't know if I can play there. <laughs> it's my favorite place to play. And it is in a different spot. Yeah. And so how? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I I did play in it and it was fine and I didn't notice a difference after that initial shock. But survivable. So do you feel like that specific memory plays into anything you do with children now? Uh, yes. I make sure to talk to them about moving yeah. around the room. I also move around the room all the time. Yeah. So it's not quite as yeah a change for <laughs> not them. Not a shock. Yeah. They're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think I liked it better in the second place. Like after it moved, I was like, oh, yeah, we get to use both sides of it now. <laughs> like, I see your wisdom, teacher. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I move things around constantly to try to figure out the best place for things to go so they'll get the most use. Yeah. So so that just makes me wonder about that teacher's thinking then. Like, like was that something before she knew better? It, she had it in one place and then she learned something different or thought differently about something and that's why she moved it? Yeah. So now it's meta. <laughs> yeah. So many thoughts. Or did she say, hey, Tiffany's still struggling with being separated from her parents, so let's move the kitchen closer uh -huh. to the couch so she can get started playing sooner. Uh, I don't yeah. know. We should call her up and ask her. Would you? You got her on Facebook. Find out. Yeah. <laughs> Report back. Do you remember when you moved that kitchen like <laughs> 25 years ago? Probably. <laughs> Do you have any shame about that? <laughs> We're looking for shame. <laughs> oh, not really. Um, goodness, before I knew better. How did you learn to do better? I, I read a lot. It, for me, it really was. I felt... Um, so I, my early, early childhood stuff was in, um, Nebraska and, um, I don't, you know, it was before the internet. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't a lot of, you know, there were maybe four childcare centers in town and, uh, um, standards, you know, qualifications, stuff like that. The regulations weren't real. So it was really just anyone come in and work yeah. here. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So there wasn't really um, the kind of community I feel like there is now for people who work with early childhood, who, mm -hmm. you know, even if there's no one in your direct city, you know, or, or your program, you can still find someone on the internet who wants to talk with you about how things, how things go and what we yeah. do. But so I just, I read a lot and I, um, the first book that really changed the way that I thought about things was really pretty simple. It was, it was called, um, more things to do with toddlers and twos. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the first time I had even heard anything about like language development and cognitive development and um, specific skill domains and stuff like that. And that's when I realized these 
cartoon character letters that I've got up on the wall are not what these two-year-olds need from me. This is this is what I assumed they need, but now I've learned that there's different things to be looking at, and I started bringing those things into the classroom. Um, lots of sensory stuff that it wouldn't have even occurred to me yeah. to bring in, um, and just thinking about meeting, uh, you know, because when I thought about teaching and what two-year-olds learn. I just thought, well, if I make it cute and fun and dumb it down a little bit, it'll it'll work for a two-year-old. Totally. It's exactly right. what they need. Instead of learning about how two-year-olds' brains are working and what skills are really important at that age. So so that book was the first thing that changed um, changed my teaching with little children. And that was all you. That wasn't somebody else saying, hey, read this book. No, It'll I change found your it. Life. Yeah, no, I found it in a bookstore, <laughs> and uh, and just picked it up because at that time too there wasn't a lot for toddlers. There, everything was three to five. Everything that you saw, mm-hmm. for in terms of like activity books or whatever you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was a game changer. Thanks, Karen Miller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I still get that book and give it to everybody that I know who's working with infants and toddlers because it's just, it's so simple, but it makes sense. And it's easy to, to just step in the next day and work some of those new things in. Yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, my moment of clarity was when I went to visit my friend at work. Um, and she worked for this wonderful woman, Michelle at her school, busy bee in (laughs) Portland. And I had never been to an in-home school before. And I'd never been to a play-based school. I, like, didn't understand what it was at all. Uh And then I went to visit, and I was just blown away. Yeah. The school is beautiful. The play areas are just so enriched with children playing and learning. Uh And it just felt right. To any listeners who haven't ever walked into a classroom and just felt right, you need to start visiting schools, man, because <laughs> it's 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 life changing. But yeah. it was amazing to see, and I immediately was like, "Whoa, tell me more!" And then found teacher Tom and Lisa Murphy and yeah. Jeff Johnson, and she was a big reader. Michelle reads everything, so Excellent. she was just like, "Here's a stack of books you need to read." <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Um, so had you, had you heard and thought much about play-based learning before that and just had never really seen it? No, not at all. That was, that was your introduction was just kind of getting and seeing it. Yeah. That's, that was it. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was working at a preschool kind of down the street from that and I was immediately dissatisfied (laughs) with my own job. Like, man, <laughs> not only am I getting paid less and working longer hours than you are. <laughs> the dark side of yeah. the consolidation stage of yeah. teacher Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. But that's good. Discomfort is good. Yeah. I think that's, that should be a, a, a big takeaway from this episode. Discomfort is good. If you start to feel, um, like I, I like to say, if you're, if you're feeling defensive about anything I'm saying, you know, if I'm doing a training or I'm talking to a teacher, it's worthwhile to stop and think about why you feel defensive. Or if it's making you uncomfortable thinking about trying it another way, 
stop and really work through that thought mm-hmm. rather than just um, dismissing the new idea. Yeah. Um, because that's how, and I think you like your job more when you start to be more reflective and start to move yourself and shake yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, you start to see yourself maybe as more of a scientist or collecting data and figuring out what to do with it. And okay, that worked. It didn't work. What do we do next? It just yeah. adds a layer of depth to the work that we're doing. And Absolutely. I think, um, wards off a little burnout. Yeah. Gives you a little more meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, I think, I think we spent a good long time with that little (laughs) tiny quote. (laughs) Yeah. So I think um, we probably should wrap up this episode. Thank you, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. Talk to you again. Bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio.